you only get one shot at retirement. So you better get it right. That's why we're here to help you with income planning, investment planning, and making sure you're taking advantage of advanced tax planning. Eliminate the financial worries of tomorrow and retire with certainty today by listening to Phil Putney of AFS Wealth Management. This is the podcast for you if you need to eliminate lots of question marks that surround your current financial plan. Welcome to Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. Hey, everybody. It's time for another edition of Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with Phil Putney. What's going on, my friend? How are you this week? I'm doing great. How's things been shaking out? You had a good uh, couple of weeks since last time I talked to you? Yeah, it's been good. Been good. Just trying to get over a cold here. So yeah, it's that time fun. of year, right? It is that time of year. You guys have had some rough weather too. You've had uh, you've had a few cold snaps here and there. Got a little chilly. Yeah, it, it's part of it. I think this uh, <clears throat> the health and the colds and flus and everything else going around. This weather up and down and oh, I tell you dip what, into yeah. the cold and back into the warm and cold and yeah. snow and no snow and all that good stuff. You know, yeah. I think we I think we've shared with the the, the listeners before that uh, you know the power of the internet allows us to have this conversation. Uh, I I am from the Michigan area. I used to live up there, but I'm not currently there. And uh, yeah, it's, and I know somebody's going to say, "Oh, boo hoo!" Uh, but it's been uh, it's yeah. been weird here. It's been seventy. It was seventy two days ago, and then it was uh, forty uh, this morning. Or, or yeah. not sorry, I'm sorry, 26 this morning. The high is going to be forty today. You know, okay. it's like oh boo hoo, but it's like thirty degree swings though, man. That makes people sick. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know. You're not prepared for that, yeah. even if you are. So it's yeah. and seventy degrees in January is just wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> it's just strange. Although it was, it'd be nice to feel, but <clears throat> well, it wound up being really foggy, and it just was. A, it wasn't a very good day anyway. But it's just very strange. So yeah, we get some weird weather down here in North Carolina uh, from time to time. But yes, I I, I am from uh, the Michigan area. I used to live right there in, in Auburn Hills, and. Uh, and so de- I am definitely well versed in the season that is uh, Michigan winter. <laughs> so I miss and, and this it. Is Actually, out I miss to be it. A very don't miss strange it. one. Yeah, so it, not, nothing like what the Farmers Almanac was predicting. At no, least it's yet. not. So is we'll, it? We'll that, see. You're right. I, I was reading that because it said it was going to be actually really brutal this year, but it's just been. Oh weird. yeah, they're they're calling for this is you know going to be one of the snowiest years. Yeah. And, I think they were predicting back to like the 2013 time frame when we had, I forget how many, 96 inches or yeah. 100 and something. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, and everybody's running yourself. out. It's going to be right. a rough one. Everybody's but. running out and getting new, you know, snow blowers and new uh, shovels. And it's like, where's it at? Nothing. That's right. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. What's yeah, going on? So. Exactly. Well, hey, let's, you know, if you listen to our past episode about biases, uh, you know, uh, you know, sensationalistic bias, hey, they get you to go out and there buy those go. snowblowers. So, oh, it's going to be terrible. The sky is going to fall. Go buy a new snowblower. Uh, so that's how our economy works. But yeah, anyway, let's get into our topic this week, Phil. Uh, we're going to skip the news and just jump right into it because we're going to talk about maybe, uh, hopefully we can squeeze both of these in here. Kind of two animals here that kind of get us into a little bit of a situation when it comes to retirement and that's cash and debt. And we'll hit on both of these in a minute, but let's kick off with cash. A lot of times there are many people who feel like seeing a dollar amount, seeing a certain number in their account makes them smile, makes them feel good. And I get it. I'm, I'm, I understand that, but is too much cash good or bad. So let's kind of debate that a little bit. Shall we? Yeah. I mean, it's in, and I work with clients on that all the time. Cause I mean, it is something as you get, Closer to retirement, into retirement, you know, having that safety, the security of knowing the money's in the bank and I'm not going to lose it. Right. You know, to the market is a good thing, but you've got to really be careful with cash. I mean, it's uh, in, in words position. Um, yeah. I always 
say it's it's one of the places you can go broke safely you right, know, you're, right. <laughs> unfortunately you're not going to keep up with inflation long term no, it's no. just the facts of life you know there's no bank type product that is going to be able to keep up with inflation right so um if you have enough then that's and then you're absolutely wanting to make sure you're not going to lose it to the market it could be okay but that's not the case for most people so phil what are some possible uses of cash that do make it a good idea to have a significant if you will i'm doing air quotes since people can't see uh sure. amount of cash on hand well i mean so we we bucketize money you know we use okay. what we call a, a now soon and later bucket structure so now money is money in in the bank we use cash for that and really two main purposes for it the the first is going to be an emergency fund you know so having whatever in retirement, your definition of an emergency fund is. I mean, it used to be in your working years, you know, that three to six month uh, amount of money was was thought as being a good amount to have there. But in case you lost your job, kind of was the, the concept. But in retirement, I mean, you've lost your job, you're now retired. Um, you know, so to me at that point, it's more about just the comfort of knowing if something comes up, I've got the ability to, to write a check for whatever it is. And that's really different for everyone, you know, whatever you're comfortable with there. But again, just be cautious. But beyond that, it's if a significant amount of cash might make sense if you're going to make some large purchase in the next 12 months. You know, it's, it's not worth going into any kind of an investment vehicle where you're going to have potential volatility if you know you're going to be spending that money on whatever it is, a, an automobile, a large vacation, a second home even if you're paying cash for it or whatever the case is. Um, and you're going to be using that money in a very short period of time. Gotcha. Okay. Now, it's kind of can be kind of productive to, to have too much cash, as we mentioned. So why might that be other than the obvious of just losing money safely? Um, just, again, it's, you're paying for the ability of the liquidity okay. um, and giving up growth. And um, to me, that's a huge concern that I think unfortunately in the environment we're in today we've lost sight of is is inflation right i mean over the last well because we don't see it like we, we 10, don't 15 feel like years we, it, we well and we've not had much inflation true, in fact yeah. over that period of time we've had several years of deflation you know deflationary time frame right, so right it, it's hard to, to think of you know that time where you had high single digits double digit inflation most of us can't remember you know back into the 80s but the the reality is at some point that could be coming back. I mean, that's just yeah. what markets do. Just like the the stock market. I mean, interest rates and inflation, all that goes through cycles. Well, people a lot of times will say, "Well, then, what is an appropriate amount of cash to have?" So you're saying, "Okay, uh, don't have too much, right?" So what mm -hmm. is a good productive amount to have? And I know that that can vary from everybody's situation. So how do you normally answer that, considering that it might be you know ten thousand dollars for one person and it might be forty thousand for another? Right. And to me, really, again, it comes back to having the plan, right? Okay. And so we map out a retirement income plan for clients and we're looking at what is their income need now all the way through retirement and then bucketizing over a timeline. Our now bucket money in the bank, that's like I'd mentioned, just the emergency fund. That's really all we're keeping there is, is that safety net of whatever you're comfortable with, whether that's 10000 or fifty. you know, for your scenario that you want to know, I've got that available just in case. And beyond that, it would be if there's any large expenses you're going to be making in the next 12 months. The soon bucket is money we're going to be spending in the next 10 to 11 years. That 
can't be in cash um, just because it's not going to keep up with inflation. We are going to go backwards in 10 to 11 years and in later buckets for more long-term growth. You know, so really right. to answer the question, it, it comes back to every scenario is different. Depends on two pieces. What is your your situation look like from a need standpoint, what's your comfort level? Okay. Okay. So for a client who's gotten used to maybe a large amount uh, sitting in the bank, what's a way they can invest more efficiently, I guess, and not feel like they're going to have a stroke when they, when they don't see that money in there. <laughs> Absolutely. Not yeah. And I'm not saying, you know, uh, throw it all in the market. You don't right, need it. Right, I mean, it's, right. You know, you've got to, again, it, it comes back to having that plan of understanding when you're going to need it and then positioning risk the right way. But again, that's back to the buckets we talked about. That's why we use a bucket plan because it, it makes, um, from our client standpoint, makes them very comfortable in, in knowing where risk is positioned. The later bucket, that's the money we're not going to, we don't have any plans to spend for 10 or more years. So we can take a little bit more risk. We can have a little bit more volatility in that. Again, back to what your comfort level is, but with the understanding that you're not going to use that for another 10 to 11 years. So we have some time to ride through those ups and downs in a, in a market. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so it comes back to, to risk tolerance and understanding what your risk is, but then also positioning any risk you would have into a, a timeline to where you're not going to be needing it. Okay. All right. So if you're sitting with too much cash again, or you're not sure, uh, have those conversations and say, okay. And a lot of times I know we, we do talk about an emergency fund and you definitely want to have enough there for the emergency fund. And that can vary. You hear some people say three months, six months, 12 months, you know, is there a number you tend to like lean towards? You know, again, it really kind of depends on your overall picture. An emergency fund to me for retired clients is just whatever you're comfortable with, yeah. <clears throat> because you you should already have a plan for where your income's coming from, and that plan shouldn't be dependent. I mean, it's not dependent on a, a loss of a job. I mean, it was really the concept of an emergency fund before: is oh, I lost my, lost my job, I've got to have X amount available just to get me through, you know, three, six, twelve months, whatever it is, right. to find the next job to have the cash flow coming in again. In retirement, that is the case. You you now don't have a job. You should have your income already mapped out. So um, that emergency fund shouldn't be replacing that income. That should be money kind of set to the side to give you the comfort to know you can write a check for whatever whatever it is you want. Gotcha. You know, yeah. if there's a big expense that comes along. Yeah, I was talking so. with somebody and they said they had a client who had uh, who just really wanted to keep a hundred thousand dollars in in a savings account or, you know, in kind of the quote unquote emergency fund. He's like, when's the last time you had a hundred thousand dollar emergency? You know? Exactly. And yeah, we have that discussion with clients all the time with, you know, too much in the cash is why do you, why do you want it there? Right. Why I might need it. Well, it just makes me feel okay, good. So yeah. What would you spend it on? I mean, a hundred thousand dollars, you know, realizing yeah. in a lot of, a lot of times you don't re- realize or think about the fact that that hundred thousand dollars from a spending power standpoint is going down every year. Yeah, exactly. Because you don't see it. Yeah. You know, you see, actually, you see it go up just slightly each year. So. Right. And, and that kind of kicks it back to my initial conversation. And I get sometimes people just want to see a certain dollar amount. It just makes them feel good. makes them feel secure mm-hmm. or whatever the case is. And that's understandable. But that's why working with a good professional to say, okay, look, let me help you work through the fact that this is not me. Now, maybe that 100000 was actually beneficial for that person. Maybe that they did need that for their emergency fund based on their lifestyle. I don't know. But, Absolutely. But realistically, probably not. And so having that conversation to be able to work through it with your advisor, in some cases, you guys do have to do a little bit of therapy, uh, a little bit of, um, you know, kind of, uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? A counselor, if you will. Some, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a big part of our job all the time is 
especially early retirement, yeah. you know, because there's yeah. a lot of changes Learning that are curve. taking place. Yeah. You no longer have the steady income coming in from a paycheck, you know, so you've got to make sure you have your assets structured in such a way to give you that income. And, yep. and that's why, to me, an emergency fund concept in retirement is completely different than it is in your working years. Yeah, very good point. They serve kind of two different purposes. Yeah, very. So it kind of depends on where you're at. I mean, if you're yeah. still in the workforce and still dependent on that that paycheck coming in, then an emergency fund, yeah, that might be three, six, 12 months. It kind of depends again on your lifestyle and you know what you're comfortable with. But it, I would say at a minimum, three to six months in, in saving. But once you get into retirement, it's completely different. Yeah, very true. And, and I mentioned that we were going to talk about cash and then also debt. Uh, so let's just quickly touch on that a little bit. Managing our debt, uh, it, it can be as, I guess these are kind of the two pieces sometimes that can be very, very crucial, uh, managing the cash and managing the debt. So do you believe that you need to be completely debt-free to retire successfully? There's definitely schools of thoughts on that. Um, or are you okay carrying some balances in you know beyond your working years? Everybody's a little bit different in that scenario as well, right? Absolutely. And, and, you know, again, it kind of comes back to similar concepts of cash. What's your opinion or your preference? I mean, the old kind of the the older traditional school of thought is, well, in retirement, you should be completely debt free. You shouldn't have a mortgage, you know, car payments, anything like that. And there's pros and cons to that. You know, um, mortgage is probably the biggest discussion we have with clients. And, you know, should you have a mortgage or not in retirement? And I always tell my clients when we're talking about mortgages, there, there's to me two rules that apply. Number one is is the the head rule, kind of the math behind it, you know, and running the math out. A lot of times it makes sense to continue to to carry a mortgage. You know, my my preference would be having a mortgage with a reasonable payment at a, a decent interest rate and still having cash or investments available because now you have a lot more flexibility. You right. know, once you've taken that cash or investments and paid down the mortgage, yeah, you don't have the payment anymore, so you don't need as much income, but yet you don't have that asset anymore because if you ever wanted to get that equity back out, you've got to go back and ask the bank for it, get a loan again, or you've got to sell the house, you know, so there's pros and cons. But then the other rule is the tummy rule, I call it, you know, what's your comfort level? You know, so I mean, if, if at the end of it, it just makes you more comfortable and you're going to be able to sleep better at night knowing the mortgage is paid off, then put that into the plan and let's figure out a way to get that paid off. Well, do, so. do you subscribe to one theory or the other? Does someone need to be debt free before they retire? I mean, I, it, it can only help, I suppose, but. Yeah, I mean, being being debt free isn't a bad thing. Sure. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't think it's necessary. It's you not know, to be all. There's more and more clients that I work with that do have a mortgage in retirement. And as long as it's it, it works into your retirement cash flow and it's part of the budget and you know where the money's coming from, you've got the spending plan and it's all part of it, my preference would be, I'd rather see somebody with a mortgage, like I said, that it's a reasonable payment that fits in the budget and a reasonable interest rate today and then still have investments available than significantly spend down those investments to not have a mortgage. Right. Because a a big part of it I see a lot is is clients that have money in IRAs, let's say, and they're thinking, okay, I got to take, you know, distributions and I want to just pay down the mortgage and and it's okay, stop and and really think this through because to get 50, 60, 100,000, whatever your mortgage is out of that tax deferred vehicle, 
you've got the IRS standing in the way where you're going to have to pay them a very large sum of tax to do that. Does that really make sense? Probably not. Right. Well, you know, so you got to run the math behind it to see who does it doesn't make sense. And that's that head rule I talked about. Run the math, you know, see what it looks like. And a lot of times it doesn't make sense to take large sums of investments and pay down a mortgage. Right. Well, when we're talking about debt in general, you know, do you feel like, you know, I guess, is that something that you kind of make as a part of the plan when you're helping people, especially if they're, if you're a pre-retiree, let's say, uh, you're, you're building a plan, you're helping them work towards achieving their, their financial goals. And at the same time, simultaneously reducing debt, is that kind of, they, they kind of go hand in hand? Yeah. I mean, you know, especially if it's not mortgage, mortgage to me is kind of a separate vehicle or separate debt that we deal with it to the old good debt, bad debt type of concept. Right. A mortgage to me is, is good debt. It's not necessarily a bad thing to have. Again, as long as it's a reasonable interest rate, it fits in your budget and cash flow. Um, I mean, if there's credit cards, student loans, things like that, yeah, let's set up a plan to get those paid down, you know, because those have a, a significantly higher interest rate. It's not tied to an asset, so to speak, you know, so I mean, it, it those we want to make sure you don't have when you get into retirement. You know, cars is another one that comes into play. And to me, that's more of a budget item again, you know, because I mean, going into retirement, having no car payment is a great thing, but is your car (laughs) going to last you 20 or 30 years? Probably not. Right. You're going to have to have a plan in retirement that how are you going to replace that car? So is that you're leasing a car each year or are you buying a car and that's just part of your budget or how does that fit in? So. Well, and I, yeah, I think a lot of people, uh, I don't know the, the exact numbers, but I think I saw that the average retiree gets a new, uh, gets a car like first five years, I think within, uh, within retirement, they get a new car or something like that. Uh, so yeah, it's, it, you know, if you're in retirement for 20 or 30 years, you, you may have that truck you love and you just drive it forever. But then again, right. Michigan winter sometimes says no. That's right. <laughs> you may, may, you may want to, but the reality is it probably isn't going to last that long. Yeah, so. exactly. And, and at the end of the day, it all comes down to having a plan, you know, map it out. There's no, no shortcut to running the math behind your retirement and having this mapped out now all the way through. So you can see how does that fit in, including like the mortgage and car payments, whatever it is, you know, so there's no, no rule of thumb to follow. I don't, you know, follow the, the old rule of thumb of, got to have the mortgage paid off and be debt free to enter retirement. I don't think that necessarily applies. You know, every scenario is different. You've got to run your scenario specifically, um, see what the the math looks like. And then also, what are you comfortable with? You know, what is your goal? If, if you want to have it paid off and it just makes you more comfortable, then do it. Let's structure it, make it happen. Right, right. Okay. Well, there you go. So that's our conversation about cash and debt. Uh, obviously, two very important animals in the retirement game, and you want to make sure that you're managing both of those efficiently. And that's you know one of the things that Phil does all the time. So if you've got questions or concerns, as we always say, always check with your financial professional before you take any action. If you're listening to our podcast, uh, if you're not working with Phil, feel free to give him a call and have a conversation about it. Um, he'll still give you a hand and have a chat with you. You can come in for a consultation and a conversation. Two four eight triple eight seventy five. 530 is how you can call him 248-888-7530 if you're currently our client well then you should be in pretty good shape but maybe you might want to share this with someone who can benefit from having a conversation or listening to the podcast we always appreciate you subscribing uh, to that and letting folks know who might benefit as well Uh, they can subscribe to it on apple google spotify various different outlets you can find it by searching phil's tax hacks at any of those sites or you can simply go to afswealthmgt.com 
com. That's Phil's website, AFSWealthMGT.com. There's a podcast page. You can click on that and go that route as well. And also submit an email question if you'd like when you're at the website. And that's what we've got right this minute. As we wrap up this week, we got a question for you from Paul in Northville. And Paul says, Phil, I've got about 50000 in cash value in an old life insurance policy. I don't really need the insurance anymore. So should I cash it out and invest the money someplace else? Great question, Paul. And, and I guess the, the first thing you've got to look at is when you say you don't need it anymore, are, are you sure? I mean, have you run the math behind it to see what happens if you were to pass away? Do, do, if you're married, does your surviving spouse have enough assets and income to, to maintain their lifestyle? Because there's certain things that'll happen. You're gonna, they're gonna lose lowest social security benefit out of the two of you. They're gonna go from being married, finally joined to single from a tax standpoint. So just those two pieces. But if it truly is the case you don't need it, then yeah, it might make sense to cash it in. Uh, you've got to be careful and, and understand the tax side of that, though, because there could be actually gain inside that policy that it could cost you some tax uh, to do that. You know, so the other option is to look at potentially moving that cash value from an older policy into a, a newer type of policy that maybe has some chronic illness or long-term care type of benefits to to serve another need. Um, so there's a lot of options for older life insurance policies with cash value. I wouldn't leave them there for sure. Understand, do you need the insurance? And then if you do, maybe it makes sense to keep it. Maybe it makes sense to move it to something new. Maybe it does make sense to cash it in. Um, but just make sure you, you run all the, the detail behind it and know the, the facts before you do it. Right. Now, I think it's a good point. And Paul, as always, again, like I said a minute ago, make sure you always check with a qualified professional before you take any action. We're talking generalities. Uh, Phil doesn't know all about your situation, so just make sure you follow up with him one-on-one to dive further into that. 248-888-7530, your number to call. And uh, Phil, thanks as always, my friend, for the show. I always appreciate doing these with you. I always learn something new, and hopefully our listening audience does as well. Great. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Have a good week. Absolutely. Yes, sir. You too. And we uh, will do it all again here next time. In a couple of weeks, we do these. Yeah, I think we do these about it. Well, no, we do these every week, don't we? <laughs> yeah, once a week. Almost forgot about that. Back in the see the new years, 2020. It's already weird. I don't, I don't even know what I'm doing yet. Uh, everybody's always confused. Isn't it funny how we're always confused? It seems like it we did this. the first month or so just to get your bearing again in the year. And- Isn't that weird? Because we do it every year. You'd think that we would be used to it. But yeah, I know. I know. I think something to do with, you know, having time off and then getting back in. Or yeah. Just, you know, yeah. Now you're probably right. That's probably what it is. Uh, too much time uh, and too many uh, holiday cookies and so on and so that, forth. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the sugar and the sweets I'm sure plays into it. There you so. go. Absolutely. Well, folks, have a great week and we'll see you next week here on Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with Phil Putney. We'll talk to you next time, folks. Bye-bye. investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.